Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Welcome everyone to the Launch University Podcast. Uh, My name is Kevin Jennings and I am here today with both David Farmer and Shane Benson. Hey guys, how's it going? Kevin, it's going great. How are Good you? To see you, Kevin. Um, man, guys, it's a pleasure to be with both of you. I feel like it's been a while since it's been since we've all been together. So it's been it's been a really great joy. Um, As I count, that. it's been about five minutes. So <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know what you meant by that. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, hey, we're happy to hear you joining joining us today because we have a great episode for you. The reality is the summertime actually is, is actually a big time for transition for a lot of folks here in the U.S., where near that September, August time period is a big time for new for people moving across the country, as well as taking on new job roles. And we want to help you if you're wondering if you take another change or a new job, we want to help you do that. So today's episode is all about how you can have a great job interview, whether it's interviewing within your current organization for a new role or with another organization. Now, before we jump into that, I do want to let you know we have some other great resources that can help you as you're kind of navigating that whole world. There's one great post that David wrote, and that's how you should know if it's time to leave. Oh, no, sorry, knowing the difference between leaving and quitting was one great post. Actually, that was Incredibly helpful to me. For those that don't know, as of May 31st, I'm no longer on the team at Orange. Um, they are now a client of Junction 32, which I'm happy to say. So the love is... Which is, Junction 32 is your business, That's right? my business. Yeah. yeah that's so my, you moved from a personal relationship to a business relationship. I did. That's I awesome. did. And and so, but David's post actually, which I, when I read our own website, was actually really critical to me identifying what was going on in my heart and in my head. So if you're trying to understand the difference between leaving and quitting, you should go to our website. Man, I love hearing that, Kevin. Well, it, it, it's, it's true. It, it, it is true. Um, well, and I, I, I read it three, four times. Selfishly, David and I are both in seasons of life where our kids are getting out of college and interviewing for roles. I, I have one. Aaron, this one's for you, man, because <laughs> he's literally in the yeah. process of interviewing for jobs and there's no better opportunity than right now to talk about, hey, how do you get best prepared for that next opportunity? That's right. And another thing, David, also, David you're, you're, you're kind of a career guy here. Um, he also wrote another great post called, if you're considering a career change, you should ask yourself these 15 questions. So we'll have that in the show notes for you. And the last one is three ways to get a promotion this year. So if you're, if you're just kind of contemplating a couple of big things about, okay, what do I really want? Before the interview, we have some content to help you kind of guide through that process. But today's all about how to have a great interview. Now, we've all done interviews. We've all been a part of interviews. And so I want to get these two guys here with us today to talk about that. So preparation, that's where I want to start. How should people prepare for interviews? How have you seen the people you've interviewed recently um, as you two have been in your roles at Chick-fil-A and what they've done well to prepare and what they haven't done well also? So Shane, you can just jump in. Some great preparation tips for interviews. Well, this may seem like a, you know, a one that makes common sense or feels like common sense but just being knowledgeable about the company that you're interviewing with i've i've been in so many interviews where they honestly the person the interviewee just didn't know a whole lot about the the role or the position or the company and this can be an internal move or an interview or an Mm -hmm. external interview right and so i think being a little bit knowledgeable read up on as much as you possibly can prior to that that opportunity. So Home Depot's in our backyard. If you're interviewing for a job for Home Depot, I mean, read the book about Home Depot and how it got started and some mm-hmm. of the history there. Yeah, does it take some time? Yeah, absolutely. But 
could mean the next 20 years of your life or the next five years of opportunity just by reading a book or an article. Hmm. Um, be aware of the financial situation they're in. There's Most of the time you can Google it and you can see you find a bunch of information about that. But be aware. Don't be uh, absent-minded when it comes to being prepared for the opportunity. Don't just assume that people aren't going to ask you those questions. Most of the time people are going to dig in and go, for example, so why would you want to work at Home Depot? Well, to be able to go back to culture and how it got started, I think is a really good opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you just need to do a little homework. That's fantastic. I'll build on that. Uh, be a customer if you can. That's not always possible. But if you're able to, to consume the product or service that this organization um, is providing, I think that's really good. I think beyond just knowing the facts, what can you know about the culture Sort of the ethos, the values. Can you talk to people that um, have been there or are there now to understand just the heartbeat of the organization? One, to figure out, is it really a good fit for you? So be honest with yourself about that. But that can influence how you're going to show up as well. You're not trying to, I think, be a phony but can you manifest that culture when you go to, to interview? A, a funny story, you know, David picked up on be a customer. Um, I can remember a specific interview. Somebody was interviewing for Chick-fil-A, and they said they were a vegetarian. And I was fine. I'm fine with vegetarians. I have a lot of vegetarians in my life. But they hadn't even eaten a salad. I mean, they were like, <laughs> they hadn't even tried any products. I'm like, how in the world do you expect to work at Chick-fil-A if you haven't even tried a salad yet? You know, so um, it was a little tough there at the beginning of the interview. So we, we warmed up a little bit, but um, you, you try the product, man. Be a customer. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for judgment. That may not show the best judgment to me right <laughs> I know. There. Right there, you're like, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm little... trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here. No, yeah. that, that's, so, that's so well said. I think one of the things, at least for, for me on the preparation side, is don't forget the basics. I think that um, especially if you're looking for or, or up for a new role within the organization, you can assume that your reputation precedes you. And it, and it might, you know, you might, I mean, but you want to demonstrate why you've built the reputation that you have by staying hungry. That's, yeah. what, that's what I would attribute it to. Like, I think if, if we can, you know, so what I would even say to yourself, if you are up for a job and we've all had these moments where someone internally thinks you'd be a great fit for another role, lateral or above, and you're honored that they thought of you, that someone else is thinking about your you in a situation like that, but you don't really want that role. Yeah. And so I would actually stop and just say, hey, on a scale of one to ten, how hungry am I for this role? Like, how bad do I want it? Scale of one to ten, by myself in a journal, like what? Because I think if you're honest with yourself about it, and you're not above a seven, seven, seven point five, like before you even get started, like how it sounds on paper, because the roles is probably the most clean is ever going to be it on paper it's going to get messy in real life going to be some real challenges if, if you're not above a 7.5 on paper you might want to just reconsider especially when you already know the culture if you're working within it um, because i think the times that i have not been as on my game has been when someone was trying to push me towards something i really didn't want and i just didn't have the courage to disappoint them in that moment to say thank you for seeing something in me but I'm okay. But I feel like I'm fine. Where I need be to be right now. Yourself. Be honest yeah. with yourself. Absolutely. How passionate so. are you about this Indeed. role opportunity? Indeed. That's good. Kev, can I add two more Please, thoughts on. on preparation? Yep. One, if you can figure out who you're actually going to be meeting with, that's not always possible. But sometimes you do know. How much can you learn about that person and their role within the business? I think that helps. 
Um, even LinkedIn, make, Facebook, Instagram, yeah, it's all go. out there, right? That's, that's right. right. They're going to do it for. They're going to do it with you. I that's guarantee right. you. Before we interview somebody, we're looking at that. Go ahead and look at. To David's point, if you know who you're, who's going to be interviewed, take go ahead and in advance take a look at what what they're passionate about. Where could you connect personally? You know, there's just yeah. some affinity between the the two of you. Did they graduate from the University of Georgia? And you did too. Like, do you have bulldogs in common? You know that kind of thing. The other thing is, um, could you do a mock interview if you've not been interviewing a lot? So we talk about this often when we're referring to presentations. Practice your presentation. Literally walk through it. And that's awkward. It feels goofy when you're practicing. It pays dividends when it's time for the show because you've got a level of confidence you probably would not have had otherwise. Same thing with a mock interview. If you've got a friend or somebody that can just pepper you with questions, even hard questions, even intentionally make it awkward, chances are you'll show up to the real interview, you'll have more confidence, and you'll probably bring a better version of yourself. I love that. To build on that, I would tell you, during that mock interview, hit the recorder on your phone and go back and listen to yourself answer these questions. Were you, were you understandable? Did you speak slowly and succinctly? I mean, think about how you're sounding to that interviewee. One of the things that Jeff mentioned on an interview we recently recorded for the podcast was this idea of having a pitch for yourself, an, ele- no, an elevator pitch for yourself. And I didn't always understand the value of that, but the more you get to and be involved in other experiences outside of work even too, I mean, I know you both are very active in your churches and in communities and in nonprofits. And like the story of David Farmer and Shane Benson is larger than Chick-fil-A. And so as you're saying, hey, yeah, how do I explain what I do as a person, what, what the value I bring to my role? I've heard David explain it. Hey, I'm really good, not at just at bringing activation to ideas. Like that's what I do really well. I'm, I, can, I can herd the cats, of create, put them all in the room, and we walk out there, we have a plan to get it done. Well, that's bigger than Amen. Like, but, that's, <laughs> but that's bigger than any, but that, 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 transition, that transcends the job title. Right. Yep. You say, oh, he's in menu strategy. He must be a foodie. No, 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 no. I'm an activator. Like, that's what I do well. And so for me, I'm like, hey, well, what do you do, Kevin? I'm not a marketer. I'm a strategist. Like, it drives my wife nuts because I'm trying to solve all her problems when she wants me to listen. Right. But the reality is I like shrinking the gap between where you are and where you want to be. I think it's, you know, go back to mock interviews, practice this idea of what's your elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. I think some sometimes the the number one or the most important answer is to that question of, so why do you want to work here? Mm. If you've not thought about that and succinctly put some thoughts around how you bring your skills to the job that they're asking you to do and you say it in a succinct way, I think it's a missed opportunity. So Indeed. practicing that answer to that question, I think it can be super helpful. So just listening to you guys, I'm sitting here thinking maybe we just all need a tagline. You know, because that's almost what you were doing is you were, you know, here's Kevin Jennings in six words. You know, this is his strength that you talk about, you know, your strategist. Yep. Uh, And and so if it's probably a really healthy practice, if we're going in and and in an interview, you're really selling yourself. That's right. right. What's your tagline? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So so if you want help with that, this is we're going to, you know, right now, my elevator pitch dot net. We have created a resource to help you do this. You can think, oh, I don't have a business idea. I'm just trying to get a new opportunity. You are the idea. You have a vision for your own life and what you want to do as a professional. You are the product in this context of an interview. It's okay to to spend some time refining 
what you do well, which is your which is your, your product, how it meets the problem and the pain point of the organization, and where those two meet to get great results or transformation. So I so I I, I just want to do that because I think that sometimes we can when I've done that exercise, it's illuminated skills I've developed. My pitch seven years ago was very different for me than it is right now because I've developed new skills. So you'll get a resume, update your tagline, update your person, your elevator pitch. Um, okay, so I want to talk to you both about your in interview behavior. So, so at this point, the person's in front of you. I'm, I'm here to talk to Shane about joining the team, David joining the team Chick-fil-A. What are some things you're looking for from their in interview interactions? So Kevin, just in full disclosure, I've not been the interviewee as much lately, sure. given that I've been at, at Chick-fil-A a long time, but I'm an interviewer a lot yeah. because we've added a lot of people to the organization as we've grown. And I'll tell you, there's always, here's just a framework for our, our listeners to think about. They're always the hard skills and the soft skills. Here's what I mean by that. hard skills. You might be a designer or an analyst, or you might be uh, coding. Um, you might be um, an engineer. Lots of things. You might be an accountant. You got to have good hard skills. But I think most organizations are looking beyond just the hard skills for the soft skills as well. So I would encourage a listener that's going into an interview, think, how do I represent both of those things? Because mm -hmm. I'll tell you, yes, you have to be competent. You have to have uh, the, the skills that are associated with that job description. But uh, I want to know, what kind of emotional intelligence do you have? Mm -hmm. What kind of team member are you going to be? What kind of energy are you going to bring into the room and the bottom line is am I going to want to spend time with you or am I going to try to duck down the other hallway if I see you coming wow. that's sort of the litmus test I think too you know, just to build on it Dave it's so important to combine this idea of hard skills with what we're calling soft skills to me soft skills can be best used and leveraged in the form of story or example I tell any anytime that somebody's asking me for my advice on how do I do a good interview I always talk about so talk about the skill that you have to offer, but do it in the context of a story or an example. Now, this is not a story example that goes on for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. This is literally that 10, maybe, maybe probably 30 seconds to 60 second example. For example, you know, I'm in marketing. So I have the ability and the skills to, to go out and leverage creative ideas to sell products. Well, let me give you this one example. So I was with a customer and they were having trouble, you know, advertising or promoting a product and we did this this and this and they walked away being able to sell more product I mean that that's an example of taking a hard skill and connecting it with your ability to communicate mm -hmm. and I do think interviewees are look or interviewers are looking for that ability like how do you engage me with a story connecting hard skill with soft skill that's beautiful so I'm, I'm calling that the 60 second case study Right. Great. Like how, how well can you kind of get that idea to me? That's a fantastic idea. I, I'm going to share a couple other, what I, I feel like are soft Please. skills that are, I hate to say it, but are beginning to become more and more or less frequent. And that is the power of just eye contact, hmm. um, a smile, yep. staying connected to people, hmm. um, literally being engaged, asking good questions. But, you know, honestly, a good firm handshake, a smile, and some eye contact. Hmm go a long, long way, especially, especially in this season that we're in where we are so distracted by multimedia, social media, what have you. It's so refreshing to sit across from a table that's like, 
They're making eye contact with me. They're very engaged. They're smiling. They're interacting. That is so refreshing. And I think it goes a long way in the interview process. Yeah. You tempted almost to just blow past that. But Shane, I've seen examples where folks don't exhibit those behaviors. And you're so right. If you're an interviewer, that's a major distraction. And you start to write that person off right out of the gate. So the couple interviews I have done over the, you know, over the growth of Jump 32 with contractors, and et cetera, it has been baffling for me when you talk to someone via email and they're so engaging as a writer. And then you get on a Zoom call or face-to-face interaction and it's like dead. You're like, what, what just happened? Like, like you were so different via an email. And it just goes to show that in the, the day people are seeing, they want, they want a whole person, right? We, I mean, the reality is your writing skills do matter in the business world, um, but so do how you are able to interact with people. And, and that's, you know, as an introvert or an extrovert, we're talking about just your ability to refine those abilities and navigate those moments. A simple tactic to build on that. Please put your phone on airplane mode. Hmm. Don't let it buzz. Don't let it be. Because in our today's society, our natural instinct, we don't even think about it. What do we do? We just look at our phone because it buzzed. And it's like, oh, my goodness. When you do that in the middle of an interview, it's so distracting. So I would encourage you to take all that. So put it aside. Put all your technology aside and really focus. You did. You made reference to Zoom, which reminds me, you know, um, so many interviews now happen via a video, mm-hmm. a video conference. So back to practice mock interview. How do you show up on a video conference? That's that's worth checking out before you have a real interview. Yeah, because there's some dynamics in a video conference, right? There's often a delay, yep. and there's an awkwardness sometimes when you think there's a gap and you want to butt in and you start, and the other person starts to talk and you can't. It, it, it takes practice to hit the appropriate pause button so that you can let your interviewee or interviewer ask the next question instead of trying to fill the gaps. That's great. Any other tips regarding preparation? Sorry, in, in the in-interview interactions, any other kind of tips there? I got two. Go for um, it. One is um, work on short, tight answers. I, it just If I ask somebody a question and they go on for an extended period of time and you can't, you kind of lose control. I don't think that's good. So there are times when somebody needs to tell a story and it takes a little while for them to unpack it, but be prepared to give pretty tight, concise answers. I think another thing, show up with some really good questions about the individual and or their business that, you know, you've got them written down, you're prepared. Maybe some will come to mind over the course of the interview and the conversation and that the conversation direction should go another different or in a different direction. But make sure you've at least got some good questions that you can ask, real questions that communicate to the interviewer you care and you're really curious about what's happening in the business. And, you know, also give the interviewer the opportunity sometimes to hear their own question. It's okay to say, so I want to make sure I capture the question you're asking me and actually repeat the question back before you answer it. Here's why. It gives your mind that brief moment to begin processing the question as you're repeating it back to them mm-hmm. so you can think about your answer. And it's just a quick tip to go, okay, as you were saying that question back, you're actually beginning to think about your answer, and that sometimes can be helpful. That's a really good one. One, one thing I've done as far as like my, any more, my more recent interviews – or even 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 a sales opportunity, I'll say I wrote some questions down before I came here today. Can I read them to you? And and I've been really pleasantly surprised that even when you pause, it signals to them that you were prepared. It shows yep. initiative and preparation. Indeed, and just yeah, say, hey, you know, I, I wrote those down. Can I get those out really quickly? 
You know, you might pull, hey, I have them on my phone in a note. Can I pull that out for a second? You know, I used to just say that. I think it, it, goes, a, it goes a long way. I like it sometimes folks say, hey, do you mind if I take some notes during this interview? I, you know, it just shows a level of engagement that I think is good. Well, and two, honestly, it, it puts you on the offensive a little bit too. And, and I think that's healthy. You need to be there to be able to answer the questions they need to know in order to hire you. However, it's also super appropriate because what that does is it tells them you're really engaged and you're interested in knowing more. I think that's a good good tip. Yeah, I agree. Well, one of the things I want to make sure we also think about is the post interview. Okay, so so now the interview's done. You know, I did I did well. What are some things as as interviewers that you know launchers can do to you know help themselves stand out? So. I'm often looking for the, I'll just call it the point of view of the interviewee. Do they have a what's in it for me point of view? Or now that we've had this conversation, they probably have a greater understanding about our organization, what we're all about. Are they coming at it from the point of view? I'm so excited about helping with the mission. And here's how I think I can contribute to the mission. In other words, it's I, I want to be part of the bigger cause, not just what can I extract from this. Another step up in my career, a bump up in my compensation. That may be part of the deal, but if that's the sole motivation, mm, that's not quite as appealing. Yeah. So post-interview for me, and this is a little tricky. I want to be careful here because what you don't want this to do is come across as self-serving or... Uh, anything like that. But I, I do think if you're listening well during the interview, you may be able to have an opportunity to pick up on some information that they're interested in. And oftentimes I've had interviewees come back and they'll shoot me an article. They've got my email that's just say, hey, I ran across this. This came up in our conversation. I thought you might enjoy it. I've always appreciated that when done appropriately. The other thing that I would tell you, and I think this goes without saying, it's it, I hate to say it, but I've only I've probably received a handful of handwritten notes after an interview. And I cannot tell you how impactful. I know it takes I just look at that especially because they're just they're so infrequent nowadays, but just a handwritten hey, whether or not I had the I get the opportunity, I just want to tell you how much I appreciated and enjoyed our time together. Shane. That's it. Um, handwritten notes mean a lot, and I think they go a long way. And you never know when that's going to come back around. It may be two years and you have another opportunity to interview or not. But either way, it just is a nice, gracious way to say thank you. I would add if the interviewer suggests a resource or maybe a follow-up action. Um, Do it. Act on it and then shoot that person some note back and just talk about what you got from it, what you learned from it, thank them for it. And uh, if possible, not two weeks later, yeah. like two days later, yeah. if not sooner. Absolutely. I have two friends of mine and they are leading a, a pretty high growth organization and they had to do a lot of interviews to grow their marketing team. And they said they would intentionally, and they have this thing called the book test or the initiative test they will intentionally, in every interview with a person, new person, they intentionally name drop a book about the role. I think just kind of really helps people in this role succeed. And they, and, they, and they just drop it as a breadcrumb. And, and they said, we intentionally only hire the people who pick up on the book and come back and have said, I've read that book since our last interview. And they, and they, said, they said, every person that's done that on their own has shown to be a rock star and everyone who has not. And I, and I was like, that makes a ton of sense. You know, but they, they said, we always, we write down on our note, what book I'm going to name drop and see what they do. 
That's so good. I know. So if let's turn the tables for a moment. If you're an interviewer, are there some little tests that you can put out there? Can I, I'll, can I share another one? Please. It's a Chick-fil-A story. Uh, one of our, um, uh, the gentleman who actually runs Truett Cathy's original restaurant, which we call the Dwarf House, uh, over near the Atlanta airport, uh, Kevin. Uh, Kevin's got a great story where if he's interviewing someone that might come and work in his restaurant, he intentionally takes a straw wrapper, kind of drops it on the floor somewhere close to the table where he's going to interview this person. He just wants to know, is this person going to intuitively pick it up and put it in the trash or walk right past it as they come to sit down? So that, a, a note to everybody out there that. listening, pick up any trash exactly. in the interview room. It could be a test. Well, it's Dan true. Kathy has taught me oh, yeah. that picking up trash is a leadership behavior. It is. We were in New York yeah. City one time and we're walking around and he started this i'm like dan we'll never get there if we don't stop at some point along the way. why do you think david farmer has risen so rapidly at chick-fil-a he's picking up trash everywhere i love it i love it uh, but, but i mean but those are the kind of things that i think as as interviewees we have to go in with a different mindset of, of saying okay it's not just I'm, I'm i have to go in being the best version of me too Right. As much as I want to impress you, it's a lot different when I don't get a job knowing I gave 110 percent being the best version of me that I can become Here's, in that moment. This is fascinating to me, too. I, I think sometimes and I've been guilty of this. I overestimate my ability to woo the interviewer. Absolutely. Like I'm going to sell them Shane Benson. They're just they're there. <laughs> nothing's going to be better than Shane Benson at this organization. And we underestimate the number of people applying for that role. That's right. I mean, we absolutely do it every time. I mean, you, you look back, they may have interviewed 100 people for that position, and I'm overestimating my ability. Be prepared. Do your very best to share what skills and strengths you bring, but also what weaknesses you bring to the table. But just be open and honest. But don't overestimate your ability to do that when you're underestimating the number of the countless other people that are applying for that role. Indeed. Yeah, that's well said. Well, Hopefully you've got some out of this. So before we have, we're gonna have one one other question for both of you. You kind of already answered it, but are there any other big standout moments that you two have seen through your history as participating in interviews, as the interviewees, or as interviewers? They just say, yeah, this was a moment that just really stood to me as a as a really good idea or a really big win, or something. So I said, man, I want to tell everybody this was crazy, but please, like, don't do that, despite how cool it may sound. Go ahead. Well, I'm not sure if this is the exact answer to the question you're looking for, but I, I do, I'm reminded of a moment, uh, Shane, when we brought Carrie onto our team at Chick-fil-A, and she has a very big job and leads all of external communication, what we used to call kind of public relations. And when we were involved in interviewing her, I just remember how I felt 30 seconds in. Mm. She brought such good energy into the room, and it was a it was a challenging interview because there were probably several of us interviewing her together. It was kind of like a group interview, which mm -hmm. it's a little intimidating because yeah. it becomes like one versus four. That's right. But she brought so much good energy right out of the gate, and I, what I remember from that is how it prompts me to have a very favorable perspective for the balance of, of the interview and ultimately you know she was selected and that was a great decision but uh what i take from that is 
right out of the gate, first 30 seconds, mm -hmm. that's your first impression. How are you going to show up? Yeah. That's great. I, I think, you know, you talked about asking questions. One example that comes to mind for me is, I'll never forget guy that we were interviewing said, so what's one of the challenges you're working on right now? And I happened to be in the digital space at the time, and I kind of rattled off what the problem was. I'll never forget this guy getting up with grabbed a dry erase marker and started mapping out some strategy on the board. I, and I just looked at him and go, you were ready for this question, weren't you? I said, <laughs> he was. And it was so empowering because it was like, this guy had really thought about how could he help Chick-fil-A. Mm. And whether he got the role or not, he, he really impressed me. So I think being ready for those unexpected opportunities. I love this definition of luck. It's when preparation meets opportunity. Mm -hmm. it, and you might be lucky, but I think it's because you were prepared and the right opportunity presented itself. That's great. You know, thinking about what Dave said about the first 30 seconds. I mean, I've been quoting a lot of your blog posts today. And that just goes to actually read what you say. So just so you know that. But he talked about one of the best things you can do this year is just be on time. Mm. You know, and, and guys, anybody who knows Kevin Jennings knows that is a work in progress. That is a work. And, and if I have a toddler... It's a work in progress, y'all, and I'm and I'm being honest. And you're in Atlanta. Oh, it, it, I mean, yeah, you're like, you're like I have to leave two hours before I get anywhere. But with that being said, so that's one thing. The second thing I would say to you is, be mindful what you wear. Like, I mean, and, and not in so much in the sense of like don't dress inappropriately. That hopefully goes without saying. But wear something that you you sincerely feel good in. Don't go get the new shirt that fits too tightly, and you because because now you might be uncomfortable and you're you know you're trying like you need to be in a space where you feel good because i guarantee her energy had to do with preparation her being super sharp what she did but also she probably was comfortable in a way where she she didn't have, she, like hey i I'm, I'm feeling good about me i yeah, guarantee she was real. This, you know? i guarantee for carrie to, to david's earlier point she had experienced the brand she had been intentional about looking around. Yes. What what are people dressed like? What are they wearing? I mean, how do I come into this business setting appropriately? And I, I think it's She's those things are really important. She's prepared. It's Absolutely. real. And, and I and I and I think we we under we think about our appearance strictly the personal brand, which is powerful. If you text the word brand to three four five three four five, we have a personal brand assessment for you that you will love that will help you figure this thing out. But it's also you too. Like you have to be in a good space. Like I tell people all the time, like. Right now, in the, in, in your, when you're selling yourself, selling a product, your self-confidence can destroy the sale. Like If you're in a really bad space emotionally and spiritually in that moment, the energy's off. And, it, and, and everyone's trying to figure out what's going on with you because they know like nothing's happened yet. You're 30 seconds in. Um, but that, to me, just really jumps out like, man, I, I really want to make sure I'm in a good space. So that morning, eat a good breakfast. Or, you know, Maybe some push-ups that morning. Whatever, whatever gets you into a zone... I work with Tony Robbins a couple of times, so I'm thinking about Tony kinda, has his own the move. move. <laughs> he has a move. He's got a move. He does a move before yeah, he gets yeah, he in an interview. So if you, I if love you it. want to watch, uh, yeah. I am not your guru. It's a really great movie for that. For, you can find a move you can take. But I want to thank uh, both David and Shane for for being a part of this. I know that there are so many people who are going to love this episode. They're going to be so grateful for the two of you sharing some of your experiences, some of your tips. Because they want to do well, and, and we want to see you do well. So if you are a, a, a first-time listener to the Launch University podcast, I want to remind you, we are here to help you grow on the go. Essentially, this 
is for you. You're a go-getter and you are running into situations because of your ambition that are new, that are different. They're challenging. You may not have the resources or the plan or the, or the principles you need to succeed. And it's our job to give that to you because we believe that when you're empowered with that information, with those tools, with those principles, you will be a difference maker. And that's what it's all about. Um, so we want to thank you for listening. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, we want you to subscribe to the podcast. We love to make sure we show up every single week on your phone and meet you where you are so that you can kind of take all the guesswork or remove the friction, as David says, so here I'm citing David again. I guess I, don't, I, mean, I guess you've had an impact on me recently, man. I don't know. Citing so we, we make sure we help bring it to you. Hey, I'm gonna cite a Kevin Jennings and grow on the go. That's and what grow I learned on the from go. you. Grow on the go. Um, and also, we want you to leave a rating or review. So if you uh, please send us your feedback, we believe that feedback is your friend, and we want that from you. So if you go to Apple Podcasts, uh, formerly iTunes, leave your leave your review there. Now your mom did tell you if you have nothing positive to say, don't say it. But in this case. We welcome that criticism if that's what is necessary for us to serve you well. Uh, lastly, um, we'd like for you to actually go to our website. We have summaries of every show, every, all 80 plus episodes. You will find summaries of the episodes so that you can actually enjoy and go back and reference a takeaway or a resource that was mentioned like elevator pitch, like the personal brand assessment. And you don't have to worry about if you captured it down effectively. Uh, and lastly, we do have something else. I said last the last time, but I didn't mean it. Psych, there's a bonus. We want your questions. We are doing this because we are trying to challenge ourselves to mentor as many people as possible. And that helps by us giving you some more personalized help along the way. So for that, we want you to leave a question. If you go to launch university, that's Y-O-U, university.com forward slash question, you can actually call us. You can fill out a form. You can even record your voicemail from our website. So if you're international, if you're in Canada, even you can call us if you're in Canada, but if you're in the UK, if you're in London, wherever you are, we are here to help you. And we're going to take all those questions together. We're going to do some Q&A episodes uh, once we get a, a, enough of them in the tank. So we'd love to hear from you to see how we can help you along your journey of making a difference. So on behalf of David and Shane and Jeff, our other member of the team, thank you for listening to the Launch University podcast, and we'll have you join us next time. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.